0: Listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam.
1: Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 91 and 92 of our Read Through the Bible in a Year program. But really, that's just getting us set up to engage the passing on of the scriptures through the oral tradition. Yes. So fear not, if you've been unable to read all the words on the page, you're hearing the story as told by uh, two guys who are. So uh, it's good. Get the story in your soul, get it in your mind and heart. Hide it there, and it will always produce something for good. Correct. I I extended the intro this morning to forty seconds. There you go. You did it. Let's get to the Old Testament, shall Mm -hmm. we? Let's dance.
0: Our Old Testament reading for today is Numbers chapter 31, verse 25 through
1: chapter 34. I like to say some crazy things during these episodes because what are the chances someone makes it to day 91 and 92 (laughs) or even looks up and says, I want to hear what they have to say about Numbers 30 and 34. These are the chapters that will unlock my life. Probably never, but if you're listening, you're a part of a rare group of people so we'll try to make it a little interesting for you, um, because it actually is interesting. It is. Uh, so, so let's get to these numbers.
0: <laughs> the Israelites yeah. just uh, went and wiped out the Midianites that led them into Baal worship yeah. and had to make some harsh decisions, or what would seem harsh to us, to keep everything on the up and up.
1: But let's not look at the
0: past. All right.
1: Let's look at today. Yeah. Because today there is the counting of some of those spoils. Yeah. Big numbers like of sheep. Big numbers of cattle. All. Yeah, 72,000 cattle 61,000 donkeys. Just imagine trying to grab 61,000 donkeys, let alone uh, 675,000 sheep, 32,000 people all of the young women. Mm -hmm. Anyway, there's a lot there. And I believe, uh, I was trying to figure out why is it all listed? And then part of that goes as a tribute to the Lord. There's a percentage that goes to the tabernacle. Always a tithe, Mm -hmm. always an offering. But I just, it just, um, it's worth noting the story always kind of bookends. God always finishes, you know? So they left Egypt with all the The stuff stuff. of the Egyptians. Mm -hmm. Yes. And now they're entering Canaan with all the stuff of the Midianites and the yeah. people who are surrounding and keeping them from entering this land. Mm-hmm. Once again, God provides ridiculously. So you've been spending 40 years in the desert. You've lost a whole generation. You would think they'd come in like most people or scenes when they come in from a desert, barefoot, tattered clothes, uh, malnourished, about to die, dehydrated. And instead, they're coming in young, beautiful, healthy, with Tons an of stuff, abundance of stuff. That's, yeah. that's what God's doing here. So I think that's why, that's what's important about this, is God has kept his promises to them, and now, to fulfill all his promises, he wants them, he's doing everything he can for them to enjoy this new land where he promises to be with them, mm-hmm. and which is a way bigger deal than even provide for them. Providing is easy, because in chapter, in chapter 31, you get the commanders coming to Moses and in verse forty nine. Oh yeah, this is such a cool. Yeah, tell. I'll let you tell that. I've been talking for a second.
0: Okay, so they divide everything. They start looking around, and the commanders of the army of the twelve thousand that went off and to war to war, they counted all their men and realized they hadn't lost a single man in their campaign. And they were so overwhelmed by the mercy and the m- miracle that just happened that God had provided and protected for them. That they sh- show up with all the gold and all the jewelry that they mm-hmm. had plundered from the Midians, and were like, we're going to offer this up to God in the tabernacle.
1: And, and again, they reckon, yeah we had a miraculous victory God provides for us, but also we go into war and no one dies. Mm-hmm. Not even by friendly fire, right. not even by tripping on a rock, not even by anything, the mm-hmm. sickness. And so uh, their response is to offer more up to this God, Yahweh, who pr- protects. I mean, he's, he's every God in one stop. He's not just fertility. He's not just possessions. He's not just the the God of war. He's all yeah. gods.
0: Yeah. And like the estimate like, okay, so they That's had,
1: worth listening. That's worth even getting. If you've stuck around for 92 days to recognize that our God is the God of... He's over all the other God. He's not just yeah. one God, which is what they all are. All the other yeah. gods are like over one specific part of life. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I've never put it like that.
0: I mean, and then kind of looking at the numbers of... They had 12,000 men that went off to war and the estimate estimation of... The Midianites that they went up against were 100,000.
1: Right. Oh, yeah. It's David and Goliath.
0: It's it, it's insane. It's So that really is a miracle. And it's cool to see the second gen yeah. recognizing it and voluntarily like giving up things
1: to God and worship. And so the response is correct. All the tribal leaders get it. Mm-hmm. But then the very next section, something happens that just kind of happens to us, which is when good things happen, you start to your mind starts to make you feel like maybe they won't happen again. We can't count on that because I wouldn't say what we just read was a, is, a, is a blueprint for war or how we ought to treat This is a very special right um, time for God bringing his people into. So Reuben and Gad and then eventually the half-tribe of Manasseh yes, all start to look around and say, hey, can we just take this?
0: Yeah, they're on the east side of the Jordan. They're not in Canaan but they've taken the land of the Amorites, the land of the Moabites and the Midianites, and they're looking around going, well, God's given us victory here. Their cities already ready to go. And
1: Moses goes off. Yeah. Moses, I mean, honestly, he just says, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? We are so close and ready to settle. You're acting just like your fathers who spied out the land mm-hmm. and then didn't go into it. What are you guys thinking? You're going to discourage everyone. You're going to freak everyone out. I've seen this play out.
0: No. And then there's probably some tension too because uh, the leaders of Reuben were the ones who were involved in Korah's rebellion. So then Moses again is like, it's happening again! Yeah, oh, it's totally (laughs) happening
1: again. You're just like your parents. And I know right now it's, we don't want to go into the promised land, but that really means you don't want to follow me or Joshua Mm -hmm. or who is setting up and you're going to screw this whole thing up. And I don't think God's going
0: to let us wander. Two and a half of the tribes stay back here that's going to discourage the rest of the tribes right. from moving into the promise that God has for them.
1: Right. Although I just realized it is kind of a flip. Last time it was two guys who believed to go in. Mm-hmm. This time it's two and a half guys, tribes, who don't want to go in. But they are softer than the original.
0: Yeah, so and, um, speaking of vows, Mo- Moses yeah. says you have to vow that you will come and fight with your brothers and help them take their land. And then you're free to do whatever you want and settle wherever you want. If you want to settle over here on this side of the Jordan, fine. But you have to go in and battle. Well, that was their
1: response. They said, We're not scared. It's not like it's not like our fathers. We're not scared to go in. We just think this is perfect for how we live as as herders and for our families, and we're pretty big. And so they said, We'll still fight. We our warriors will cross over and fight and um, help you settle and all the way until we're done. And Moses said, vow it. And we just Mm -hmm. talked about the vows, and now they better vow it. And be sure, he says in verse 23, chapter 32, be sure that your sin will find you out, which is similar to Abel or Cain and Abel. Like, behold, sin stands at the door knocking. Like, Mm -hmm. It's going to devour you if you do this thing. And so Moses says the same thing. If you are getting in the way of God's people, then you are not God's people. And it will find you out, and you'll be going against God's plan, and you'll be counted out. And they said, We're in, we're in. So, Gad, Reuben, and Manasseh, they take all that land and they better keep their vows and they mm-hmm. will be held accountable. Right. So, we'll watch that play out over the years. Then we get into chapter 33, right? Yes.
0: And 33 is just kind of like a, a mapping of where they've been and oh, kind yeah. of remembering like the camps and the places that they've. Traveled and it's just a recounting of the physical p- locations that they've been to.
1: And the really neat part of engaging this because I, when I started to zone out. I had to reread it because I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I get it, I get mm-hmm. it. And at first, I was trying to follow, and then <clears> I was like, no, I can't. But at the end of my struggling with this passage, uh, it's just really cool to go. Wow, they were they were just following the Lord, and all over the place. Yes, and the Lord was really just. Telling, he was being very honest with them they're Mm-mm. biding time because of their sin mm-hmm. they got to purge out the sin that's within you not all sin but at least at a minimum the sin that cannot trust the lord so really this is like the um the musical montage where the heroes learn yes. how to wield their weapons yes. you know and they fail at first and the sword's too heavy and the suit doesn't fit but now 38 years later they know how to use the suit now they're looking for what do we do Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, though, Matt, not all who wander are lost. <laughs> That's a bumper sticker that you see, and it just bothers us because it's like an excuse <clears throat> to be lost. But there's some it's actually true for the people of God here. God guided every step of their way. And then I think it's in chapter 33 where God speaks, it's towards the end. Mm-hmm. And he says, he starts saying this phrase, which is very encouraging. If you've been reading, you're like, oh, I'm so happy for the people. I'm happy for everybody. When you go in, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not keep trusting me and I'll give you a land of promise. It's when we mm-hmm. are there. Now, when you go in, be cool. Right. All right. The first thing, drive out the inhabitants. You gotta clean and destroy all their idols and all their high places. Because the, every place you're going to take is riddled. It's been dedicated to a demonic idol. It's been dedicated to a false god. They worship it in orgiistic fashion in high places. Because in the heart of man, everybody understands God is above and up. And so mm-hmm. you get as close to him by going up on the high places. That's where you build all your, your altars and everything. And you do all of the gross stuff. you got to destroy it. Mm-hmm. And then... And then you settle the land, and I will make it an inheritance. See, because you're claiming it for God, because it is God's. All the earth is God's. And so God is cleaning what's his, preparing it for you, and then he gives it to you as an inheritance, um, and he breaks it up by lot. Yeah. I like that. I like that it's by lot, yeah. so it's not unfair, like... You just like my dad, Moses. Mm -hmm. You were closer with him or his dad, not mine. It's never fair. It's because we rebelled here and everybody has their stories at this point. Mm -hmm. Every tribe has failed. And so God says, I'm not going to, it's not favoritism. It's going by largest to smallest. And we're going to cast lots when you get into that category. Everything's Mm -hmm. like totally done in order and according to, uh, it's very orderly so that no one really can complain.
0: Right. It's really well thought out.
1: And then um, but and
0: then there's a warning. Yeah. There's a little caveat, oh, if you man. will. If they fail to drive everyone out, <laughs> uh, it has, God says this, uh, if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then those of them whom you let remain shall be as barbs in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and they shall trouble you in the land where you dwell. And I will do to you, As I thought to do to them.
1: Yeah. So basically, you mix yourself with them at all. So this is why you got to drive them out. Mm -hmm. Because if they infect you at all, you're sick. Right. I mean, that's it. Like, that's why we quarantine people when they're sick, or we don't kiss our wives when Mm -hmm. they have the flu. Mm And if you didn't know that, that is a law. The gospel is (laughs) one of you will be not sick for a while and it won't continue to spread through your house. And so uh, that's why it's like you got to push them all out. But the temptation is going to be make deals. Make deals. And you know what? It's hard work. Right. And this is what And they what, know the land. and Yeah. I mean, why would we kill them? They know how to live here mm-hmm. and there's a lot of resources here and they're pretty and they're kind of cool and mm-hmm. I don't mind their worship. It's kind of appeals to my lust and mm-hmm. and all that. And so um, we became friends out there, you know, and, and so that's why it's hard. But this is, I identify with this again. I'm identifying as the people of God, who aren't perfect, and so I'm going. There are things in my life that God starts, and I just want to settle for the the wrong side of the Jordan. I just mm-hmm. want to go. All right, God, you know what? I've done enough. Let's just stop. And God's like, No, you got to finish. Please walk with me. And that's why Christ is so important to us that He finishes the job in this in almost this exact thing, where they are going to be tempted to mix or leave oh, yeah. people. This is kind of a high point of the people of God. We are in the middle of the high point, really, Mm -hmm. um, because we're going to see all these things play out. And God's not joking around. He's not just giving an empty threat. Mm -hmm. He's saying, it's not like subjective, like this is what I want. He's saying, this is how it is. Right. If you have sickness, you can't come into the, you can't do surgery and you're going to be the surgeons of the world, but you can't do it with dirty hands. Sorry. (laughs) That's just it. Yeah. But I'm thankful for Christ, who uh, is totally clean. You start to see like the need for a Savior who is not mixed and in his heart, in his faith, in his relationships. Um, he's pure. So, chapter 34, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, God sets up the boundaries of what the promised land looks like. When you enter. Yeah. And he's like, and this is going to be, this is the map you're going to
1: build. This is what you're going to settle. This is the land. Did I didn't look it all up. Did you look it all up and like kind of map out? I know there's got to be maps in the Bible somewhere. Mm-hmm, there are. I mean, but basically every boundary is a body of water, right? Um,
0: yeah, basically. I there's, mean, there's
1: some places where it's the desert, so you got the desert. There's
0: a couple mountain ranges, but it's mainly um, you have the Great Sea uh, Which, no, on the would, west
1: side. Is that the Mediterranean Sea mm-hmm. in real life now?
0: Yeah. Then you have. Uh, the Jordan River that ends in the that begins with uh, the sea of Chinnareth, which is the Sea of Galilee in oh, the New Testament oh, oh.
1: the source of the Jordan maybe or not
0: uh, no probably not uh, I think the source of the Jordans further up but the Red Sea
1: does it Jordan no, go
0: all the way to the the, the sea salt uh, the Dead Sea the Dead Sea okay yeah so like where yeah um, Sodom and Gomorrah was okay interesting man I think that's why it's a sea of salt at that point oh wow is because good
1: call right there I
0: like that God changed the landscape Um, (laughs) and so they are from like the mountains of Lebanon all the way down to the bottom of the salt
1: sea Um, and then the desert that goes like the what's that famous desert Mojave no is it Sahara Uh, like there's Egypt yeah there's Egypt and then the Sahara desert they were wandering in the desert a little bit below Mm -hmm. that but the point for me was going this is God's gift yeah, they're surrounded by water. you are surrounded by water, which we know historically is the source of life. Right. And um, But it's also a boundary and protection. People have to, If a huge army has to cross water, that gives you time. If they have to cross mountains, that gives you time to prepare, and I'll protect you. But uh, the bigger theme for me, though, is that God is handing out his inheritance. Yes. He's doing it. Yeah. It's and been... so
0: nine and a half tribes are going to split out the land described in 34, and then... Reuben, Gad, and half of the tribe of Manasseh are going to split the land on the other side. Right. Uh, directly on the other side of the
1: Jordan. Um, and I, I think there's also a bit of making sure you guys agreed to this. Because mm-hmm. some of those soldiers might go in and help out and go, why did we settle for land on the east side?
0: Yeah, and then they had to like really make sure like you're not going to come in here Yeah, so and I, I, agree to... Like, go, oh, well, we want this land now. This is no longer your portion. You gave it up.
1: We just need, like, a couple miles Mm -hmm. on the west side of the Jordan Mm -hmm. to make our thing better. Yeah, sorry, you guys made an agreement because you got freaked out, and you settled for what you could get on your own instead of for what God has promised for you.
0: Yep, and then 34 ends with a quick listing of, like, an update. Like, here are all the tribal leaders. Here are the two... You have Joshua is going to be the new Moses, and Mm -hmm. then Eleazar is the high priest right Mm -hmm. now, and then here's all the tribal leaders.
1: Everything's in place, man. And we're ready to go, and we're ready to begin taking the land. And those leaders are important because that's where you're handing the inheritance out through. Mm -hmm. And so I just think of, I always think of Christ and the fact that he's the inheritance. Something I think about at the Lord's Supper is when we partake of his body and his blood, um it, it it's really um i think powerful to think sometimes when you're drinking of that grape juice or the wine that you're getting in the new dna you're getting mm-hmm. you're in the tribe of christ now and you're getting the inheritance of christ out of all the tribes there's one leader now christ and he's lasted and he's brought us all together and he secured the inheritance now the message of the gospel is when you enter the land, like mm-hmm. now, when you receive the the presence of God, the cloud on high in the form of the Holy Spirit in you, here's how you're going to drive out all the evil in your own heart and in your mind, mm-hmm. and you're going to obey me. But when you fail, the difference is Christ has gone before you and fought for you and trust, and then there's a real inheritance coming later. It's pretty sweet. Numbers. What can I say? <laughs> mm. All right. New Testament. <laughs> that's the book of Numbers. We're almost the end. Oh, tomorrow we'll finish Numbers. Anyway. We will. Amazing. All right. The beautiful New Testament.
0: New Testament. You got to love Luke. You got to play that New Testament song. Oh, oh, that's right.
1: New Testament song. Our
0: New Testament reading for today is Luke chapter 8, verse 40 through chapter 9, verse 27.
1: It's so nice and delicate. It's gospel. You know, the blues is the law because you're dealing with the reality of yes. hurt but then the gospel is it's very mm-hmm. soothing mm-hmm. anyway that's again it's uh, episode 9190 or day 9192 and you are getting um some special insights behind uh-huh. the scenes footage uh-huh. here at FBR FBR episode 46 episode 46 wow i know Wish all right I, uh, catch up to PNP no oh, yeah that's <laughs> Luke chapter 8, verse 40. What is going on, Matthias? Oh. That's your new name. Starting today. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Jesus is doing his thing. Not a lot. Blah, blah, blah. Jesus is healing and saving. We've heard all these stories before. Saying amazing things. It's just amazing. Uh, So we're
0: hitting the uh, daughter of Jairus. Oh, this story's so good. And... At the same time, the woman with the issue of blood. Yeah. And yesterday, you were ready to get into it. Or oh, last, it last episode, you were le- ready to get into last this. Last
1: episode. You know, we've heard this story, and it just, the poetic nature of it mm-hmm. hit me. Right. In a new, kind of a fresh way. I engaged it in a fresh way, and I thought it was fantastic that the leader of a synagogue, Jarius, understands that... Um, his 12-year-old daughter, who in that culture is just about to turn the, cor- the corner. Like, she's 12 years old, she's finishing puberty, and now she's ready to... She's been taking from the family. Mm-hmm. Now she's at the age where she's going to be getting married soon and giving to the family and being a part. And Yeah, 13 uh,
0: was like marrying age.
1: The age, and... So, like, there's an economic value besides the fact that I think we already easily connect to that he loves his daughter. You know, he loves her. It's his only child. She's dying, and uh, so he goes to Jesus and is asking Jesus to come and heal her. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus says, okay. But then on the way is a woman woman who for the last 12 years... So for the last 12 years, there's been this baby who's grown up as Jerry's Mm -hmm. daughter. But the same 12 years, the other side of it has been a woman who has been doing everything. And Luke points out, as a physician, she's she is called on every doctor. You know what I mean? like yeah. You could read the other account and go, I mean, for 12 years, what has she been doing? Mm-hmm. Or if you were friends with her, I'm sick of, I can't visit her because she's unclean and mm-hmm. she's just sad to be around. And I don't think she's done everything she can. But Luke says she's done everything she can. She's gone to every doctor. She's chased down every number and every person and every, even the Romans she's mm-hmm. probably gone to and says, do you have anything for this? Right. And they're like, get away. So she, after 12 years, goes and touches the hem of Jesus. And again, yes. in the other ones we highlighted, at the risk of making Jesus unclean right. and passing on her um, uncleanness. And this goes with like numbers. Mm-hmm. Like, this is why they can't mix. You're making Jesus unclean now. Mm-hmm. But the difference is there is no uncleanness in Jesus. right? And so he actually is able to wipe out... Yeah. The false gods and the sickness
0: and the death in her. Well, that's what's interesting. This is what the presence of God always does. Yeah. But in the Old Testament, it was like unfiltered and would like kill anyone that it came into contact right. with. But Jesus is so amazing. What, what makes Jesus so great is he can make you clean without killing you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's, that's that's
0: the deal. That's so cool. That is that was the good hitting, news. That was hitting me on this one as I was reading it. I was like, she can touch him.
1: She can touch God, become clean, and not die. Right, and that's the good news, is you can be with the God of the universe by faith wherever you are right now, mm-hmm. and he can handle your uncleanness in an instant. Just repent and believe. She does, and you know what Jesus calls the woman? Daughter. His daughter. Because see, in Jesus' mind... It's not just Jarius's daughter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All these women are my daughters mm-hmm. and my sisters and my brothers and my, you know, yeah. sons. And so he then restores her to the family, which yeah. may even be bigger.
0: Oh, that's huge. Right. Nice. Like, that was the thing oh, I was trying to work I love work.
1: that. So like even more than the physical thing, he restores her to a family member. To and community. And she's like, <gasps> and he goes, your faith has made you well.
0: Yeah, I did. I was recognizing, to her Like it says, she came trembling and falling down, and recognizing like she knows what she did, and she knows that she just risked making this teacher unclean, and so like even her saying and admitting to what she
1: did was like huge. So you got a a, risk. Then he goes and he heals um, Jarius's daughter, but you have a lady who hadn't been anybody's daughter for a Mm -hmm. long time become a daughter, and then the daughter who's loved is uh, saved from death. Yeah, I just I do not fear you know he says um, oh he says to Jarius after all lost all hope was lost because mm-hmm. now the daughter's dead he yes. wasted his time with this woman and yes. restored her but great now the daughter's dead shows up and this is one of those I cannot remember did they make fun of him in the book of Mark yes
0: yeah. they are, in every account
1: every account the mourners the, make fun the of him the professional them. mourners laugh mm-hmm. and he's like just move and he takes his two guys or Peter, James, it's and John John 3 And, um, which he touches her. Yeah. And overwhelms
0: the death in her and brings her back to life, which is really cool. Oh,
1: but before that, he says, do not fear. Only believe and she She will will be be well. Well, Yeah. Only believe. Only believe. What? Are you kidding me? Only believe. But I need to present an offering. I need to go before God. I need to be made clean before Mm -hmm. I can even do this one thing. And then it's just a request. Jesus is here offering the good news saying, you can be restored. I can restore your daughter. I can restore you to the status of daughter. I can restore everything. Only believe. Yeah. I believe. Help my unbelief.
0: And Child then, arise. Thinking too about what Jesus is doing in this house in light of Leviticus numbers where if there was any death around yeah. the area, like you had to clean the house, you had to clean everyone. Everyone was unclean for a week. They had to wash on the third and the seventh day. And Jesus just walks in, touches her, brings her back to life, and death is eradicated from that house. And they do not need to go through any of those rituals. And to
1: highlight and start to understand, too, why all the critics are going, all we do is see this guy walk into places of death and walk out. Yeah. He's dirty. Yes. I don't care what he's doing. Well, she's alive now. Uh, Maybe, but she was sick. That's all we Mm -hmm. know. Well, no, she died. We can't prove that. All we know is he's dirty, and he's going around like he's not. He's a false prophet. Mm -hmm. He's a blasphemous. Well... That's the kind of power that's going on. Child, arise. And then he goes, he always follows these miracles with like like, the one boy he raised to life speaks. This girl, give her something to eat. Mm-hmm. She's not just partly alive. She's completely alive. She's hungry. She's hungry. Boom. And then now we get to, you guys like that? We've done a lot of miracles. We've proclaimed the gospel. Now what Jesus does is he says, I'm empowering my followers. I'm empowering you. See, this is no longer just one person. Uh for I am the high priest and I will do all this now but now you are the people of God and I give you this power and so I'm giving the 12 disciples the authority and the power over demons and disease and then what he always he always puts these three together so it's over the demonic Uh over diseases Uh but then the power to proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand Uh so like the kingdom is beginning now The Savior is here. Jesus, the King, is here. And so that's a big proclamation. And in many ways, that's more powerful than even the healing. The healing and the authority over demons is just a consequence of the kingdom beginning. And it's supposed to kind of validate for people in the meantime, the actual long-term reality. Live under the reign of God.
0: Right. And again, at this point, too, it's also a very political move. Yeah. Or seen as a very political Oh, yeah, oh,
1: it's subversive. Because now he's Which, got followers going out with his authority, authority. And they're doing
0: it. And they're doing the things. And this is where, I think, Luke drops a little, the Herod account. Yeah. Because you have now 12 other guys running around saying the kingdom of God is here. Healing the sick, casting out demons. He's like, what? And I- he, it's reaching him.
1: Are there more than one Jesus? Is there more than... And, he's, and
0: he's, he's like freaking out thinking it's John back from the
1: dead. <laughs> oh, I'm being haunted for what I did wrong. He's like, oh, oh no. no. <laughs> it's, it's Marley. It's uh, the ghost of Christmas past or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and also these disciples are blessing and cursing. They're dropping long gospels. So if you don't receive them, they shake off their sandals and say, this place is dead. Right. If you don't bow to the king who's here now, there's really no hope for you. And then uh, we get... Which they, Herod doesn't like.
0: Yeah, Herod's freaking out. And then... Um,
1: and then can, he he puts it all together in this scene. In the 5,000? Yeah. Yeah. He puts it all together. Because now he's with his disciples. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't just solve problems. You guys are empowered to solve yes. problems. Yes. <laughs> what are we going to do? These people... Because we are supposed to go away and mourn or talk about what just happened on our journey, on our going out and proclaiming and all the stuff we see. We're going to have a little retreat. But then all these crowds followed, and the disciples this time are like, should we just get rid of them? Like, what's going on? And Mm -hmm. Jesus says, no, no, no. And he proclaims the gospel. He heals them. And now they find themselves in a very wilderness situation. Mm -hmm.
0: They're back in the wilderness. They're
1: back in the wilderness with 5,000 men to feed, not counting the women and children. Yeah. What are we going to do? And man, Jesus is so cool. And Jesus just says, you
0: give them something to eat. Yeah,
1: why don't you guys give them something? They're like, ugh. You is guys a, just
0: did amazing stuff out there,
1: and you know, like it's going through their mind, like, "Is this wait? Is this a parable?" Yeah, you mean like a seed that's going to get choked? No, give them something to eat, like real food. Yeah, you saw, you saw the power of the mm-hmm. uh, the gospel, the word of God that mm-hmm. goes out and creates, and we, you know, God's always done this. Yeah, well, what do we do? Then Jesus has to have like, are we going to have to buy food for everyone? Yeah, like, like I do, love
0: that ask, like, I know the financial like. Really? Do you think it's reasonable that we can go and buy food for 5,000 men?
1: We have no more than five loaves and two fish. Are you kidding me? We have to go out and buy food. And then Jesus says, okay, let's do a very Moses thing here and just break them up into groups of 50. Yeah. That's manageable. Uh huh. Maybe little communities of 50. Maybe that's how big the church is supposed to be. Let's find the hidden messages, man. Okay. I'm just kidding. All right. Um, So break them up into 50, and then all he does... They those guys just bring a sack lunch, mm-hmm. and uh, Jesus blesses it. He prays for the food. He broke the loaves, gave them to the disciples. So he gives them to the tribal leaders, right? The twelve tribal leaders, and he says, "Now just distribute." And then there's twelve baskets left over. Yeah. So there's enough food for their journey home. Yes. Like their whole time in the wilderness, they came out there to meet the Son of God. At any level of faith, maybe it was just to get healed. Maybe it was just curiosity. Who cares? It doesn't matter. When you're with the people of God, you get what God has for whoever makes it out to him. Yeah. And he does he basically
0: recreates Moses and the people and manna in the wilderness. Yeah. Like, it's pretty cool. So, it's yeah, that's a pretty
1: intense... Leftover. And I was realizing, too, in that culture, it's not often that you were full. Yeah. You ate enough to live... But you didn't, it's not like when we go to um, you know, Panda Express and get a little too much orange chicken, if you know what I mean. Am I right? And, uh, and then you feel a little gross. Yeah. I know. Um, and so they leave full. Mm-hmm. And I love that Jesus takes very little that we have to offer and multiplies it to feed and bless his kingdom. It's what he always does, and mm-hmm. it's what he'll do for you and for me as we gather to him wherever he is. Then moves to, okay, you've seen some um, great things. And I think this is even connected because he says, who do the crowds say that I am? So as this Lollapalooza yeah. leaves, a very organic celebrating of the Feast of Booths, yes. I would even say. Uh, yeah, I, I would
0: say so too. probably
1: wasn't lost on everybody because they were all Jewish. Yeah, they, um, Who do the crowds say I am? And this is where they respond, well, you know, Herod is putting out there that you're John the Baptist, and then others who are kind of more Jewish are like, maybe you're Elijah. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, okay, okay. I asked through the crowds, but who do you say I am, Peter? And this is the break in the story, and all four accounts have this because it's so important. Mm -hmm. Peter, the founder of the church after Jesus' ascension, finally gets it. It just takes... a couple resurrections, some feeding the 5,000, some walking <laughs> on water. It takes a lot of yes. Jesus' authority over the demonic and disease. And, and he finally just goes, well, you're the Christ. You're the anointed one. You're the Messiah. You're the son of God, mm-hmm. the God of gods, the God of all areas of life. And um, And Luke doesn't record Jesus' response, but we know from the other one, other accounts, Jesus says, uh, flesh oh. and blood have not revealed this to yes, you. Yes, yes. God has revealed this to you. Mm-hmm. Good job. And then everyone's feeling amazing and they're finally getting it. And Jesus always tempers that with, but you do know, like, do you, you should know this. You're right.
0: I'm going to be rejected and killed.
1: <laughs> yes. I'm going to suffer many things. But I'll. By the chief priests and the scribes. Like, I want you guys to know this is not going to feel like a winning movement. Right. I mean, you're feeling really great right now. You got it. But it, I'm going to die. But mm. I'm going to be raised. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, so then they're confused by the hope. Like, whoa, raised up. Maybe that's just like uh, we lose a battle and then cool. we win. And they're trying to figure it out like we do. Yeah, and then,
0: and then he starts to use the language of. <laughs> Okay, but you're going to have to take up your own cross and follow me. Right. And everyone's like, um,
1: this doesn't sound great. He's so emphatic, too. It's it's kind of funny to read, but it's very scary, too, because it's the law. Mm -hmm. The law is going to crush me. And if anyone will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his own cross. Okay, uh, maybe we can do that. But then Jesus says, whoever would save his life will lose it. What? But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Uh, Okay, maybe that doesn't mean... What we think it means, and then yeah. Jesus, knowing that, says, "Well, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself?" So you mm-hmm. might be comfortable here, but you don't. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, and in my words of him, will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and the holy angels? So I mean, he is saying there will be glory, yeah, but you're gonna walk through death. You're gonna walk through hell and shame, and he says it in three rejection. three different ways. Mm-hmm. And if you are ashamed of me and you don't want anything to do with me, I'll be ashamed of you. Right Now, that is crushing because we are ashamed mm-hmm. of Jesus at times. We're ashamed of his words. We're ashamed of, you know, but that's where the beauty of it is. We repent and come back to him and he forgives us. And Jesus was never ashamed to proclaim God's kingdom. And then he says, uh, there'll be some of you who won't taste death until you see the kingdom of God.
0: Yeah, this this one like early <laughs> confused me on but early in
1: your life? Yeah, early yeah, in my life. Me too. Me like, too. It con-
0: was like a confusing statement, but now understanding like, oh, the kingdom of God began at Jesus's resurrection. Yes. So, of course. Yeah. You will see the kingdom there of There were God
1: firmly established.
0: There were 11 of them. Mhm. I right. saw the kingdom of God established.
1: Yeah, one of them was ashamed. Yeah. And and then man, you realize I thought about that, oh yeah. man, that's crazy. And then you realize uh, when the Holy Spirit is poured out, man, the kingdom of God, his actual reign over mm-hmm. each of us, like he has power over us now. he, he convinces us and woos us and moves us and keeps, gives us this faith and keeps it kindled in our hearts that we, might, um, we will struggle and fall, but we have this faith in us that believes and we can't even explain it all the time. And that means that the, the kingdom of God has begun. And if you kind of even dig deeper into that idea, we do this all the time. Like We follow laws and rules, not because we fully understand them or how they came about. We just do it because there is a governor. There is laws over us, and we don't always understand them, but they influence the way we have to do things because that's the law. We don't want to get in trouble. We don't want to pay the fine. And and so you think about the kingdom of God has begun in the Holy Spirit. So like he is ruling over us so that when we try to engage in things that are just blatant sin, his Holy Spirit will convict you. You will feel bad. And that's good because you're alive. (laughs) And so you are under his reign and rule. Even in the areas where you're breaking the law, we break the law, um, you are under his reign and rule. Wow. Wow. Christ embraces the shame and guilt and presents us as righteous before the Father. That's why the kingdom of God has begun. And we have seen it. And it is magnificent.
0: So today, I'm actually going to read from the Proverbs. Oh, so good. Wisdom? Yes, because I love Proverbs 8, verse 22 through 31, and I really love this section because it's, (laughs) wisdom is personified as a person, and it, to me, symbolizes Christ and the work of Christ at the very beginning of all creation.
1: And for me I was thinking it's the Holy Spirit too. Mm-hmm. And it's funny I wrote down, uh, you're reading 20, uh, 22 through 31 mm-hmm. and I wrote down 32 through 36 as being like my favorite. Favorite. If well, you feel it. We
0: didn't cover 32 and 36. this time. Oh we didn't?
1: Nope. Alright then definitely read that tomorrow. Yeah. Proverbs 8 22 through 31. strong case for creation yeah boom you've just been fed by ravens go in peace and serve the lord we'll talk to you again tomorrow